Welcome back to the Casual Heresy Podcast. My name is Michael. And I'm Spencer. By episode 50, we will have our own YouTube channel for the Casual Heresy Podcast, so be sure to look out for that when it comes. And yeah, until then, here we are. Yeah, until then, we'll still be on the, the Life Cheers YouTube channel. Yeah, Spencer, would you like to lead us in an opening prayer? Absolutely. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit, be with us. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this evening. We thank you for Michael and my friendship, our brotherhood. Thank you for our listeners. Thank you for all the gifts, all the graces, all the blessings that you bestow upon us each and every day. We ask that you bless this podcast and bless those who listen to it and that it may be fruitful in your will being done. We pray all of this through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Today we're going to talk about purity culture. Yay! Because who doesn't like yeah. an over-sense <laughs> of purity? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, purity culture. I want to make start out by kind of defining that. Because purity culture is different from purity. You know, when people say purity is possible, that's true. Purity is possible. Um, I guess you could think of it that um, the Catholic response to the sexual revolution was the theology of the body, right? Mm -hmm. And that kind of just happened. That wasn't necessarily... uh, uh, a response per se, but it, it was, you know, that was it at was the same time. It was a predetermined response. Yeah, exactly. Th- it was seen that it was coming, so it was necessary. And then, like, um, a purity culture is kind of like a largely Protestant, but also kind of Catholic reactionary response to the sexual revolution. Mm-hmm. So, by when we're talking about this, we don't mean a culture of like being supportive of purity. That is not what purity culture is. I think that's what purity culture is trying to do. I think that's what the people that advocate it think they're doing, but I, I have just never seen it be that. And I've never heard anyone who has lived through purity culture had that positive outcome. (laughs) So then what is, purity culture michael purity culture if it's not about the purity like you you mentioned before we were before the episode it, it's kind of like scrupulosity mm-hmm. it's this idea that you're gonna you're gonna work at your impurity until it is no more you're gonna and, like like iron fist it yep and you're gonna kind of like close yourself off from the rest of the world, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's where we get, um, some kind of people who have kind of weird ideas about modesty because there are things that like we can all agree are immodest, 
but then there are things that like I I think of it this way. There's somebody who's dressing very modestly and there's something somebody who's dressing very immodestly. Mm-hmm. There can be neither. You can be dressed in a way that is neither excessively modest nor excessively immodest. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? It's just but, in between, yeah. But according to purity culture, everything that is not very, very modest is like immodesty because mm-hmm. it's potentially leading to impurity. It's like practicing, it's like they're trying to preach chastity with just straight up hardcore abstinence. Yeah, like they're, they're, they're like. It's not, it's abstinence without the chastity, without the right. actively do, like living it out. You're it's just like they're con- fighting it off. They're confusing chastity with celibacy, basically. Mm-hmm. But yeah, because like you said, chastity, by definition, is living out your vocation. It doesn't necessarily mean being celibate. Mm-hmm. But if you treat them as the same thing, then there's a, I think it's a, I don't remember if it's Matt Frad or Jason Everett, whoever wrote Pure Manhood. I think that's Jason Everett. Hmm. talks about like the starvation diet approach to struggling with impurity Hmm. and it just doesn't it just doesn't work Mm -hmm. you know and i think it kind of in in catholic circles we kind of get this trickle down purity culture that isn't intentional but it's kind of a result like i think one of the biggest examples in my mind is um, a lot of people will tell somebody who's struggling with purity that they should avoid being in a relationship until they no longer struggle with purity. Which I understand to an extent because you don't want to use somebody. Yep, exactly. Just because... Then you're telling like 80% of the population you can't be in a relationship. Yep. And in in fact, you're telling 80% of the population that basically you will never be able to be in a relationship because we're human mm-hmm. beings. We're all always going to struggle with purity on some level or another. So it's not like that's, that's I think what I mean by like trickle down purity culture because most of the time most of the time I would say that's not true. I like you said I I understand that if if it's going to lead to you using your significant other for for lust then yeah no you should just avoid that. Mm-hmm. But that's something you can fix with a mindset change and consistent prayer. Mm-hmm. Without necessarily becoming pure. Because then you need to start asking yourself, what does that mean to be pure? Because mm-hmm. most of us aren't actually pure five minutes after walking out of the confessional, you know? Yeah, it's it's an active process. It's not, it's like, oh, I'm humble. Well, as soon as you say you're humble, that does not make you humble. So, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And it's like purity culture tries to run away from the void run away from the wound rather than fill it with goodness replace yep. it they try to just run from it yep and i think yeah that's it exactly because that's it's almost 
antithetical to what theology of the body says, right? Because that says this is a fundamentally good and holy thing that has been distorted. Mm-hmm. And purity culture would say this is just something you have to avoid at all costs. And it's like that, that's that's like wrong. It's just wrong. <laughs> like I get what I mean, they're going for. Yeah. That's why why I wanted to clarify at the beginning. I'm not talking about purity. Because purity, being pure of heart, is a good thing. But it's not a... <sighs> we are to avoid sin at all costs. Yes, but, always. <laughs> I mean, we are fallen by nature. <laughs> yeah, we also have to acknowledge our humanity, you know. Mm-hmm. And, I, and that's not to justify sin. Sin is always wrong. But we're not perfect. If we were perfect... We probably wouldn't care very much about purity culture and impurity and immodesty and any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like if you, if you were actually perfect, somebody dressing immodesty, immodestly would not bother you at all. So that that's like when, because then purity culture gets into this, I need everyone around me to dress modestly. And that's where I know mm-hmm. I I have spoken to women who have struggled with that that feeling of they have to dress a certain way or they're they're being poor christians for example Hmm. and it's like well you're not you're not walking around half naked so good job (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. that's that's the i mean it's on them if they cast the first stone the other person that's judging you yep yeah exactly and then that's and it's the irony of it that's why i say there's a difference between there's there's a middle ground between being immodest and being modest Mm -hmm. because like right now i'm wearing jeans and a t-shirt i am not dressed modestly per se but i'm not dressed immodestly either you know Mm -hmm. yeah and it's like in the over sexualized culture they, I've heard Jason Everett say this. I don't know if it's a quote from JP2 or if it's Jason Everett or who it is, but it's modern day culture of the sec- sexual revolution over glorifies sex mm-hmm. to the point where it's not love. And in a, some sense, that's like the, the purity cultures over glorifying purity to the point where it's not purity and not love either. Yeah. It's, you know, yeah, exactly. It's very, I don't know. I just, when I hear it, I just think of like, like hard rocking, like arrogance. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm holier than thou, you know? Mm-hmm. And I got to create this cult of people thinking like this. There yep. can't be any difference. We all have to be this way, which like, okay. Obviously, there's cult- cultures are good things, but mm-hmm. when you're taking people's free will away and demanding all this, and demanding they be perfect, yeah, in your definition of perfect, mm-hmm. you know, which is by definition of perfect, imperfect. So, <laughs> right, exactly. Like the, the, this is where the you know the church gives us gives us these things. We don't need to reinvent the wheel. Mm-hmm. I mean. There's plenty of saints who struggled with purity. 
and there are some saints who struggled with purity who wrote a lot about that struggle. I mean, uh, Augustine, Thomas mm-hmm. Aquinas, uh, yeah. Alphonsus Liguori, all of those guys wrote a ton, and they wrote a ton about their own struggles with sexuality and purity. So it's like, you don't have to worry about, you don't have to, this comes into a broader conversation of scrupulosity, which we should do an episode about at some point as well. But, Mm -hmm. but like, you don't have to worry about, you don't have to be scrupulous about how you are dressing as long as the way you are dressing is not blatantly sinful. Mm -hmm. You know, that's and you don't need to worry about you don't need to worry about being perfect and being pure because purity is possible but you can't force yourself to be pure because mm-hmm. you're not going to get there. Yep. It's like the holiest saints that have ever lived, they didn't become saints because they well most of them did not become <laughs> saints because they just they woke up one morning and decided, "Yeah, I'm just never going to sin again." You know? Mm-hmm. And some of them that did kind of have that moment, they were given that grace to be a kind of a outlier example for us, you know? Mm-hmm. Given that grace, not manhandling my own grace, creating it myself. <laughs> yep. Like, Therese of Lisieux was not so holy because she woke up and decided to be holy. She was holy because God gave her that grace. And he decided to give her that grace at, like, the age of three. Yeah, if not sooner. So it's yeah. like it it, 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 yeah. You can't, you can't force yourself. I don't know. I don't know. God doesn't give you something you can't that is too heavy for you to carry. Mm-hmm. You know. So it's like, well, eh, he does. So you can come to him to, to and have him carry. Yeah, it. right. Exactly. You, have so him it's, help you, but you have to go along. You actually have to do that. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. That's that's exactly it. Like, if if you're struggling with something that's too heavy for you to carry, that's because you need to give it to God. You know, mm-hmm. if your struggle with purity has reached a point where you can't you can't get free of it, that's because you're not going to get free of it alone. You need God mm-hmm. for that. So it's. I think I just I just think that's important to emphasize that the answer to the answer to struggle people struggling with purity is not a hyper fixation on things like modesty and behavior and mm-hmm. a scrupulosity about that kind of thing mm-hmm. yeah and i want to say i don't know this has been done throughout i don't know who introduced it like a saint probably um but isn't there like um do three Hail Marys in the morning, three Hail Marys at night for an increase yep. in purity and chastity. That's that's Alphonsus Liguori, who I think is the patron saint of of scrupulosity because he I've I've heard stories about when he was struggling with purity, he would like tie his hands behind his back hmm. or something like that. Like he'd basically just put himself in a straitjacket every night before bed in case he accidentally fell into sin in his sleep. And so it's like he got away from that level of scrupulosity and that is why he's the patron saint of that. So it's, mm. it's, it's interesting because 
yeah, I think Alphonsus Liguori is definitely something, someone I would recommend reading to or praying to for intercession for people who are either have been misled and then hurt by purity culture or are struggling with purity mm-hmm. or you struggling also, with imp- impurity, I should say. Mm-hmm. You can also, yeah, there's there's many saints out there. I mean, Blessed Pierre Giorgio Frassati, he lived out a really chaste life. So you could ask for his intercession. Um, yeah, like you said before, Aquinas, Augustine. Augustine, Lord, what is his what is his quote? Lord, grant me purity, but not right now, or something yeah. like that. <laughs> his mother? Like, St. Monica? She, she, she's a Maybe. saint for a reason, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, we unpacked a lot right there, so... All right, Michael, would you like to end us in a prayer? Absolutely. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of um, of the church, the wisdom you provide to us through the church. I thank you for guiding us, all of us. I ask you to be with all of our listeners when they're listening to this and afterwards, all who struggle with purity or impurity, we ask this in your holy name, St. Thomas Aquinas. Pray for us. St. Augustine. Pray for us. St. Alphonsus Liguori. Pray for us. St. Joseph. Pray for us. The Blessed Virgin Mary. Pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys.